all right, good morning or good afternoon as the case may be. My name is Beck Barnes. I'm the publisher and editor of Cotton Grower Magazine, as most of you know. And I want to welcome you to the world-famous Cotton Companion podcast. Uh, Like always, whether you are joining us from Hollandale, Mississippi, or Hondo, Texas, or from any point in the vast U.S. cotton belt, we thank you for joining us. Uh, I am joined today, as I always am, by the most trusted voice in ag media, Cotton Grower Senior Editor, Mr. Jim Stedman. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Beck. I, I don't know if the most trusted part comes, but maybe it just comes from uh, you know the most experienced voice we took you know, a, then, i know we we just we, we take a little hyperbole from time to time just to, <laughs> no, to pat each other on the back no, but well, thank you anyway you know that that's from my personal uh survey <laughs> of cotton i was actually with a whole bunch of cotton farmers this past week out in phoenix for a delta pine mpe event and uh Sure. Yeah, I, I polled all those guys for you. We we determined that Jim Stebbins the most trusted guy out there. So happy to have him on my team. Sincerely, uh, as we get started here, we do want to take a brief moment to hear from our sponsor, the fine folks at Enlist. This episode of Cotton Companion is brought to you by the Enlist Weed Control System, ready to help you control tough weeds with new 2,4-D choline. So, all right, uh, we hope that. As we get going here, we hope that almost all of you are finished with harvest at this point and kicking those boots up. We know that uh, there's a lot of cold and wet weather going on from really from uh, every region of the Cotton Belt at this point. It is deer stand weather to be sure. It's settling in all across the Cotton Belt, uh, particularly up there on the High Plains and other parts of the Southwest. Like I say, I was with uh, a big group of growers from all across the country Uh, this past week and the guys from texas were telling me they were really hustling to try to get in the last bit of this crop before this big cold and snow front kind of came across the region jim was just telling me he heard that they got 12 what foot of snow 10 to 12 inches around in the high plains between lubbock and amarillo man i uh i can't even imagine we were laughing about that we get a you know we get an inch and a quarter of snow here in memphis and the whole dang town shuts down and everybody's running to the you know what little hills we have to you know, get in your laundry basket and, and sled down them. So uh, anyhow, that, that's that's a real deal. Big boy snowstorm y'all are dealing with or had dealt with uh, out there in West Texas So and uh, other parts of the belt. So we hope that everybody, like we say, is wrapping up that harvest or hopefully you're already done. We hope that you are, like I say, in the deer stand. Maybe you're getting some travel in. Maybe you are getting your Santa Claus wrapped up. I have not done that last bit. Please don't tell my wife about that. I hope she's not listening to the Cotton Companion podcast. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we hope that you guys are enjoying the offseason. We hope that you're well and truly into the offseason. So we got a great episode lined up for y'all today. We are going to be reviewing all of the ag news of the day. There is some hard ag news that we're going to get to eventually, uh, specifically pertaining to the farm bill. But I'll get to that in a second. Uh, we're going to do the some other hard news items, if, as we always do before that, with Jim leading us there. After that, we're going to dive into our market moment segment, where Jim has uh, an interview. He did an interview, a very timely discussion with Dr. John Robinson, who is an extension econo- economics professor at Texas A&M. Uh, Jim, I believe y'all were talking about kind of this global trade tariff trade war scenario that's going on. Is that correct? That is correct. And uh, and basically looking at the, the fact that after uh, after President Trump met with the Chinese President Xi at their, at their summit that, in Argentina, I believe, it looked like there was going to be a 90-day moratorium on any other tariffs 
between the two countries. They were working to negotiate and see if they could get things worked out. That caused the market to take a little leap. Uh, the next day it dropped right back down. And then there's some other extenuating circumstances that we'll talk about as we get into it uh, that could impact it. But we were basically discussing what, uh, what these tariffs mean and, and what growers need to do to kind of protect themselves uh, in this market climate. So There's the key. Yeah, we, we want to try to give you guys some kind of actionable tips, advice on how you can best uh, manage these maybe tumultuous waters that, that we're going through at the moment on the global trade market. So after we do that, after we get uh, through with that great interview uh, with Dr. John Robinson, we want to thank Dr. John Robinson every chance we get for joining us. Uh, after that, we're going to spend our one big thing segment, the last sort of uh, news segment of the day, discussing something that we touched on in the last episode, and that is bringing you a farm bill update. We are happy to even have something to be updating at this point. We know that y'all are... Um, watching that closely and so are we so we're going to bring you you know the latest developments on capitol hill on that front but i don't want to put the cart before the horse here we are going to dive right in with our news segment uh jim you have a couple items here a couple brief items for us i believe what are we going with first this hall of fame we have some hall of fame yep uh, guys absolutely uh the uh Cotton Incorporated and the Cotton Board held their uh, their joint annual meeting last week. And in addition to the normal business that they usually conduct at these meetings, they also formally inducted members of the 2018 class of the Cotton Research and Promotion Hall of Fame. The three inductees were the late W.L. Billy Carter, uh, Jesse Moore, and Charles Tuning. And just to give you a little background on, on each of those gentlemen, uh, Billy Carter served the cotton industry in many different roles and leadership positions uh, with the North Carolina Cotton Producers Association, the National Cotton Council, and also with Cotton Incorporated and the Cotton Board. He was very, very active in, uh, in the industry, to say the least, in addition to being a very successful grower. Jesse Moore helped change the landscape of the cotton industry by taking the lead in establishing the High Volume Instrument, or HVI, classification system while he was director of the Cotton Division of USDA's Agricultural Marketing Service. And that, uh, that system obviously is, has set the standard for, or is now the standard, for classing cotton rather than the old-fashioned method of thumb, 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 of, of hand classing. Uh, and Charles Tuning helped Cotton Incorporated create and deploy the engineered fiber selection, or the EFS, system around the world. During his time at Cotton Incorporated, he also directed establishment of the state-of-the-art fiber processing center. So three, uh, three gentlemen whose, uh, whose contributions to the cotton industry uh, are certainly well noted and, uh, and their induction into the Hall of Fame certainly well deserved. The Hall of Fame is now in its fifth year and it's basically there to recognize U.S. cotton industry leaders that have made significant contributions to the cotton research and promotion program and to the cotton industry in general. So again, congratulations to, uh, to those gentlemen and certainly to the family of, uh, of Billy Carter. Absolutely. Congrats. Congrats, everyone. Okay. Again, moving ahead, uh, in our last podcast, we talked about five new varieties coming from BASF in 2019, and I think there were two of those for FiberMax and three for Stoneville. Since BASF made their announcement, Phytogen and Delta Pine have stepped up and have both released information on new varieties coming from those companies next season. If my math is correct, Phytogen is adding seven new Wide Strike 3 Enlist, or the W3FE varieties, 
in a broad range of maturities for 2019. Uh, when you combine that with the six existing W3FE offerings that they had on the market this year, it's a pretty full portfolio of, of high-yielding, high-quality varieties, all of them with bacterial blight resistance. Now, the company is again going to offer its, its popular Akela and Pima varieties that make up roughly 75% of the western U.S. cotton acres, and those Pima varieties also have uh, Fusarium race for tolerance. And this past weekend, Beck, and I think you, you can attest to this, yeah. at, uh, at Delta Pines annual new product evaluator NPE Summit, uh, they announced three new Bolgard 3 ExtendFlex cotton varieties and one new ExtendFlex only variety as part of the brand's class of 19. Now, three of these varieties uh, were specifically bred for the Southwest market. Uh, one's a mid-full maturity with the other two falling into the very early to early maturity range. And that fourth variety offers early maturity and fits well into those northern areas of the Mid-South and also over into the Carolinas and Virginia. So uh, this program, which started, I believe, in 2008, so did they did they celebrate a milestone this year? I want to say they did. I should know this. I think <clears throat> last year they were celebrating 10 years of NPE. Okay. So last year was a nice round number celebration. This year it's a, they're in their 11th year. Okay. A great pride. I want to step on your toes here, but it's, tr- it's a great program that they run out there. I just spent four days <clears throat> with all those NPE growers. I mean, there's over 200 of them across the belt, and they are – the last step before Delta Pine commercializes these varieties uh, is this group of 200 farmers that Delta Pine gives them these pre-commercial varieties and they get to plant them on about an acre block on their own farm, mm-hmm. grow them the way they want to grow them, and they get a very real-world idea of how these varieties would perform under real conditions. You know, you can't replicate real-world conditions other than putting them on real farms, and that's the way Delta Pine has, has worked this system. And, uh, you know, they all they all get together. They talk on weekly phone calls with each other. And at the end of the growing season, they wind up Delta Pine and the growers together. Or Delta Pine with the full input of the growers determine which ones they're going to commercialize. And these were these four made it. Um, and I'm jumping all over your toes no, here. No, not I, at all, because because quite honestly, that's uh, without going into any more specifics on variety names, numbers and things like that, because, you know, that's. All of that, if you're interested in all those details for both Phytogen and Delta Pine, uh, you can find those online at cottongrower.com in the articles that we already have online about uh, about all the new seed company varieties, or you can certainly go to each company's respective website because we don't want to bore you with the details. No, I don't. <laughs> I will say, you know, I'm summarizing my thoughts from the week. And to give you a little peek behind the curtain of a story that I am working on, Stebbin, I don't even know if I've told you about this. Uh, but I uh, had this idea. I talked with this guy up in, uh, I talked with Seth Bird for another story I was working on recently. And he's up there. He's the cotton uh, specialist up there in Oklahoma. He works for uh, Oklahoma State Extension. And uh, he was telling me, I was asking about new varieties. And he was like, man, you know what, what my guys really need up here in this these northern parts of the belt. Mm-hmm. He said, all, all this new technology is great. My guys are loving that. He said, but really what we need is, is uh, emergence. We need, um, uh, oh, dadgummit. Good vigor. Vigor was the V where I was about to say valor, but it's vigor is what I was looking for. <laughs> valor would be good too. Uh, but victory. Yeah, let's yeah, throw some also, V words out here. We'll, <laughs> we want victory we'll stick. Yield, yeah. Um, it's vigor he's, is what he was saying because 
it's it's a shorter season up there, and they only get one shot to get it right, and right. so they've got to get these things out of the out of the ground coming up, you know, running. And so I go to this event for Delta Pine out there in uh, Phoenix this past week, and lo and behold, they've got two of those varieties that are very early. You mentioned very early maturing are targeted for that northern uh, mm-hmm. part of the cotton belt acre and i know that phytogen has some that are targeted for there too absolutely I, as does ba as does Fibermax. yeah so. yeah and it, so it's you know it's not all these seed companies are very aware that there's a lot of cotton acres starting to show up up in oklahoma up in uh, kansas and other part northern areas of the belt so vigor is a big characteristic that these guys have focused on and so you may look for a story on that coming out uh, from yours truly here before too long. So anyhow, now that I've thoroughly trounced all over your Well, that, that, <laughs> your that, that's here. a great segue because we're finished with the news section now. Okay. So we can move ahead. That's good then. That's good now that I've now that I've jumped all over your, your discussion. So uh, I appreciate that, Jim. As always, I thank you for leading us in the news discussion. Right now, though, we want to pause and uh, bring you guys a message from our sponsor, Enlist, our cotton grower custom content editor, Robin Sickberg recently had the chance to sit down and interview Mr. Ryan Miller, who is the Mid-South Market Development and New Technology Specialist at Corteva AgriScience, uh, Agricultural Division of Dow DuPont. And so we are happy to hear from both uh, Robin and Ryan. We'll bring you that interview right now. I'm Robin Sickberg, Custom Content Editor with Meister Media Worldwide publisher of Cotton Grower Magazine. My guest on the program today is Ryan Miller, Mid-South Market Development and New Technology Specialist at Corteva AgriScience, which is the Agriculture Division of Dow DuPont. Ryan, I'm so glad you could join us. Hey, Robin, happy to be here. Well, Ryan, first of all, tell me a little bit about what you do. Absolutely. So uh, in my role as a Market Development and New Technology Specialist, really the, the purpose of our role in Corteva is to serve not only just our territory managers, so that would be our sales reps out in the field, helping them um, serve their customers, so crop consultants, growers, retailers, uh, with technical support of our products. Uh, One of the big ones that I would support would be the Enlist Weed Control System. There's also other technologies that I would support as well in the Mid-South. So again, I'd be working pretty closely with farmers, retailers, as well as applicators, uh, really to help provide them with technical product training. And then also serving as, as the in-field expert uh, to help farmers and retailers better understand some of our new technology. Okay, thanks. Um, with that in mind, I guess with everything harvested and done for the winter, what would your advice be uh, to farmers about weed control next year? What should they be thinking about? I would say the, the best thing, uh, Robin, that, that the growers and applicators and retailers can be doing for the 2019 season is definitely just to make a plan. But the worst thing that they can do is, is to not make a plan. Um, just understand, understanding where they're at uh, in their production uh, regimes, if they're going to be rotating crops, uh, what type of technology they want to plant in the future. So if they're going to stick with maybe a conventional uh, type of seed technology or if they're going to go with some new technologies, things like Enlist. Um, and then just understanding kind of what, what their neighbors are doing as well are all critical things to start considering uh, for 2019. Okay, good. You know, we also hear the term program approach used a lot by weed scientists. Um, can you explain a bit about what that actually means? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my background is actually in weed science, and it's something that I can I can spend a lot of time talking about, but I'll try to condense it down here for you just in, the, in a few quick uh, bullet points. What we know is that 
obviously weed resistance is an ongoing problem. What's interesting is that weed resistance is not a new problem. We've actually been encountering weed resistance for a number of years, but with the, the rapid evolution of glyphosate-resistant weeds over the past years with the, the rapid adoption that we took with that technology, uh, we know that we can't rely on single modes of action. So we ultimately need to be preaching and, and practicing uh, program approaches that are using multiple effective modes of action whenever possible in order to prevent uh, resistance evolution to, to occur. How does the Enlist Weed Control System help farmers employ this kind of approach? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So, so one of the exciting technologies that we do have in our Corteva portfolio is through our uh, Fartage and Cotton Seed brand. We have Enlist Cotton. Uh, that we grow here in the Mid-South that's commercially available. And the Enlist technology provides tolerance to our new 240 colons, glyphosate, and glufosinate, as well as you know all the other conventional type products that you can use um, in just a generic cotton crop. So the Enlist weed control system really gives several different uh, technologies that can be post-applied throughout the growing season in order to get effective control of some of our most problematic weeds, obviously, a big one that we face here in the Mid-South would be uh, Palm Ramrant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always a big one. <laughs> uh, you get, you're out and about with farmers, obviously, a lot. And you've worked with farmers this year who've planted Enlist crops, including the ones with the phytogen cottonseed with the Enlist cr- trait. So what's the feedback been like? Yeah, so this, uh, this year we grew our Enlist cotton uh, pretty substantially in the Mid-South. And with that growth, we saw a lot of great positive feedback. So cotton producers that did uh, adopt the Enlist weed control system in cotton um, were very, very happy with their weed control. We got a lot of exceptional weed control feedback uh, from those folks. And some of the other kind of advantages that, that they mentioned and some of the feedback that we got was really just the, the kind of knockout punch they were able to get, especially when mixing uh, Enlist 1 with glyphosate and getting effective control of their, their Palmer amaranth and fields that honestly in the past have had a lot of struggle controlling that weed with. So that's nice to give them a technology that they can they can use and feel confident with. The other thing is just you know having confidence that the products stay on target. Uh, there's lots of, of discrepancy and lots of uh, issues, if you will, uh, with products moving off target in the marketplace. And we just don't see that within list uh, because of our our technology that's built into that formulation. We've had a lot of success uh, with our products staying on target, and our, our growers that adopted the technology have given us a lot of good feedback. So they've had success there as well from an application standpoint. Yeah, it's it's important to have um, some new tools to uh, and new products to deal with herbicide-resistant weeds. And, and I guess with, with that said, what can farmers do now to help prevent the number of herbicide-resistant weeds from increasing? Yeah, so I would say the biggest thing that uh, I try to recommend to folks uh, in terms of preventing weed resistance from occurring um, or or kind of fall practices, the first one that comes to mind right now is as the cotton crop is is finishing up harvest, there's still going to be some weeds and escapes that are probably in those fields. Trying to remove those plants physically from the field any way, shape, or form will be the best thing that they can do, that those growers can do in those fields because those seeds are going to uh, fall off that plant at some point over the next several months through the winter season, going to go down that soil seed bank and come June, July, August, when we're right in the heat of the growing season, we're going to have all that seed then germinate and, and infiltrate that cotton crop or that wherever that crop is, soybean, corn, rice, whatever it may be. We need to make sure that we try to eliminate any of that plant seed entering that soil seed bank. So that's probably the first thing that I talk about with folks. The next thing is, tr- is trying to implement some sort of full season program 
So even during these fallow months um, where you're not going to have a crop in the field, putting out some, some sort of fall burn down to try to clean up that field and keep it weed free throughout the winter months and early spring, that's another big one. And then just coming up with a plan to be the last one that I would say, Robin, um, really just understanding uh, what technologies are out there. Uh, we're, we're always more than happy to discuss our technologies and really the whole Corteva portfolio and the myriad of products that we have available for growers to utilize for whatever crop it is. If it's not cotton, maybe it's corn, maybe it's rice, maybe it's soybean, maybe it's grain sorghum. Um, so really just understanding the options that they have to them. Okay, good. Well, we're going to have to wrap up, but um, just before we go, can I ask you to uh, tell our listeners where to go to get more information on the Enlist system? Absolutely. So anyone can go to Enlist.com, and there'll be tons of information there on Enlist, the technology, the herbicides, whether it's Enlist 1 or Enlist Duo. Another website that I encourage, especially the cotton, the folks that are interested in phytogen cotton, would be to go to phytogencottonseed.com. And there'll be all the information there about the, the W3FE, which that's our Wide Strike 3 Flex Enlist cotton varieties. So they can read for themselves there and find out who their representative is uh, in their representative area to know who to contact if they have any further questions. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for joining us. And again, my guest was Ryan Miller um, from Corteva AgriScience. And I really appreciate your time, Ryan. Thank, thank you, Robin. All right. So very good. Thank you, Robin. And thank you, Phytogen, for that. Uh, We are going to keep this thing rolling right along here with our Market Minute. And this week, this week's Market Minute is, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a very timely one. Jim had a chance to sit down with our old friend, the very smart Dr. John Robinson. He's with Texas A&M Extension. And they talked about this global trade tariff situation. All of these, uh, we had kind of a roller coaster week of headlines last week. It was it was uh, high drama with uh, there was a high profile arrest up in Canada of some Chinese business magnate, um, and that kind of affected things. And anyhow, I, I'm assuming you guys touched on that. We did. We did touch on that. Yeah, uh, it, it was a soap opera, man. It was it was the young and the restless on the global trade market. It, it literally is as the tariffs turn. Yeah, as the tariffs at, turn. At, at this point. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I don't know that there's any any. Any true answers or any you know any relief in sight at this point, in spite of the fact that we're allegedly into a 90-day negotiation period with China. But all that was set before the arrest of uh, of this uh, high-tech official uh, at U.S. request. Uh, so you know it's anybody's guess at this point what's going to happen on it. But you know it's it's a complicated issue and it's obviously one that that I don't have the expertise to properly explain and and I'm not sure you do either oh, at this oh, point <laughs> of course I do so no, uh, no, not at all anyway uh, Dr. Robinson very, was very gracious to, to spend some time and talk about this whole tariff situation and, and more specifically what growers need to be watching for and doing to protect themselves as this situation continues to roll out. Very good. Couldn't have said it better myself, so we will go to that interview right now. Welcome to Cotton Companion's Market Minute. Today I'm joined by Dr. John Robinson, professor and extension economist with Texas A&M University. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Dr. Robinson. Glad to have you on the on the Cotton Companion. Well, thank you for having me. Um, there's been a lot of discussion over the impact that that the U.S. tariffs against China, the the whole tariff issue, has had on U.S. agriculture. And you recently uh, wrote a column recapping some of the current movement and some of the things that are surrounding the tariff. 
what is happening, and and how's the cotton market reacted to it? Uh, well, most lately, uh, well, let me back up. Since September, the cotton market's been in a somewhat narrow band, it seems like, and we were, I think, we were left there by the the discussion of the tariffs back in August and September, which was just kind of another round of tit-for-tat. We're going to do this. Oh, yeah, well, we're going to do this. And that seemed to scare a lot of speculative money out of the cotton market, and we dropped kind of to the level that we've been at since, which is from the upper 70s to the lower 80s. So we've we've been stuck range-bound. Then here recently at the G20, there was the anticipation that President Trump was going to talk to President Xi and maybe they were going to hammer something out. And there was some expectation of that as the markets was closing on December the 1st, which was a Friday. So we had a weekend to think about it. Monday opened and cotton and soybeans and U.S. stocks were all higher, cotton gapped higher and was pushing to break out of this uh, range that it's been in. It was pushing to get to 82 cents. Didn't quite make it. And then and then it seemed like the air went out of that optimism. Tuesday, the market declined. It, it uh, filled the gap as the uh, technical guys would expect it to and resumed kind of plugging along in the range. And and I would interpret that, and a lot of people I read were just simply interpreting that as well. There wasn't really anything hard or fast in this tentative agreement to this truce. That That's what it was being couched as, a truce between us and China over trade stuff. And we'd work stuff out over 90 days, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't do anything, put any more tariffs on. That apparently is not enough. To, that's not enough of a bullish event to have broken the market out of its range. And it's frankly, it's just kind of typical of the the uncertainty of this uh, tariff, you know, this tariff influence that we've had for six months now. It's just hard. It's hard to call. I don't know what's going to happen. Morning by morning, I wake up, pour coffee and look for a tweet and see, you know, what kind of a morning is it? And it's it's totally unpredictable. And the markets don't like that. So, yeah, this, I think, yeah the market does not like unpredictability. Right. So we've been stuck there. Now, you know, the one other on the there's there's one other possible wrinkle. The USDA has been cutting their production numbers. So from the supply side, there's been a little bit of a bullish possibility. But I think most of those cuts from backing up to the earlier hurricanes and the sloppy harvest season and whatnot, I think a lot of that's probably already been baked into the trading range that we're in and the expectations, even though we, we may have some cuts uh, in the next WASDI that comes out. I, I don't think it's something that's really either going to lift us out of where we are. So I, I think we're going to continue um, somewhat stuck. There's not enough just commercial export demand. We had another weak export sales report most recently, even though we'd had some encouraging ones prior to that. Uh, but we've had a string of weak ones prior to that, and it's just reflective of kind of a, a weak demand situation, which from the standpoint that it's China not buying our stuff is, is influenced by this trade deal. Um, but Turkey's not buying our stuff either as much as they usually do, and that's because of internal problems in Turkey. So there's a number of things that are cutting into our export demand. And I don't really see that changing. Uh, most of the cotton is um, probably getting in position to get delivered to the to the ice futures, you know, delivered to the board instead of uh, being sold commercially and put on a boat. And that is that a, is that a reflection, obviously a reflection of demand, but is that also a reflection on the, the 
quality issues that, that we're looking at for this year's, yeah, this year's that, crop? That's my understanding is that, uh, number one, there's not booming demand for our stuff, and we don't have a large supply of really good color grades, mm-hmm. really good overall quality. Because of all the sloppy wet weather, we've got a larger proportion of it in uh Color grades like 41s that are that's that's the spec for the New York futures, so it's tenderable, so it could find a home with the futures market, and so a lot of it is getting poised, uh, or might be if it's certificated, then it then it might be in position to do that. Okay. But it's just sort of an indication of the doldrums, the commercial doldrums. Sure. Um, so so Dr. Robinson, with with a lot of questions obviously yet to be answered on this, what should growers watch for and and be, be ready to do to kind of protect themselves in this market right now? Yeah. Well, if nothing else, this this whole situation, as frustrating as it is because it's unpredictable, the growers just flat out realize that. They're not going to be able to really build a very good plan about, about uh, you know, what might happen in a few months. I sure wouldn't be, have a plan to hold to be paying to store cotton under these conditions with the hopes that it might get better, um, especially because my longer-term view of things is bearish. So, I would, I would, uh, I wouldn't hold cotton very long. I would plan to sell it. If somebody was worried about couldn't sleep at night because they're missing out on a rally or that they think might come, I would try to participate in that some other way, like with call options or something. But you could really only focus on what, what we have today. So if something happens, if there's another surprise announcement, uh, agreement with China or whatever, or a cut in production that sends the market back up over t- out of this range or the upper end of this range, I would act on it. I wouldn't just sit and hesitate and say, well, yeah, I don't know really what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen. But if the market's giving you 80, 82 or 83 cents in the futures and you can get a good cash uh, basis associated with that, I would, I would be selling. I would be taking advantage of the rallies that are there because that's the only concrete thing we have. And you have to act quickly. So. Yeah, because apparently we, you know, current history tells us we got about a 24 hour turnaround if that. Yeah, if that, and particularly if it's a supply or just a news flag, you know, the buy the rumor, sell the fact kind of things, those things happen, the market reacts, and then and then it comes back. I mean, that's been the pattern, and so people have to act quickly, which means they need to have, they, they already need to have a plan ready in their mind. I'm going to sell so many bales if it reaches this price, or I'm going to call my broker, I'm going to, I'm going to put on so many, you know, put options on March or whatever, you know, I'm going to take advantage of any brief rally that happens. Right. Well, Dr. Robinson, thank you for uh, for this insight, and thank you for joining us on uh, on this episode's Market Minute. We certainly appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And finally, uh, we have our One Big Thing segment this week, as we always do. This week's a good one, though, because we have a Farm Bill update for you. Uh, we, we talked about that a good bit in our last episode, episode 36 of the Cotton Companion, so check it out if you have not yet. But uh, good news for us, good news for cotton industry, there is an update there for episode 37, too. So there has been some movement in the intervening two weeks. Actually, it's just been a week now that I think about it. Um, from out of Washington, D.C., these guys uh, on Capitol Hill have apparently been focused on it a little bit. So, Jim, can you tell me what we know there sure. about this farm bill? Sure, because this uh, the farm bill suddenly appears to be on, the, on a, a fast track. To, uh, to get completed before Congress leaves for uh, for the Christmas vacation. Uh, last week, as Beck mentioned, we reported that leaders of the House and Senate Ag Committees announced that they had reached an agreement in principle regarding the key segments of the 2018 Farm Bill, uh, even though there were a few details yet to be finalized. 
right now, it appears that things are on track for both the House and Senate to consider the final Farm Bill conference report this week, which is the week of December 10th. Uh, the committees, both House and Senate committees, have been working to finalize this legislative text based on the overall agreement between the committee leaders and the Congressional Budget Office is due to give, uh, give both committees their final budget score for the complete bill. Now, once that's done, uh, the conference report will be filed in the House with a vote, possibly middle of this week, Wednesday, Thursday of this week, followed by a vote in the Senate by the end of, end of the week. And since, again, Congress is going to be in session for this week and next week, the two weeks prior to Christmas, uh, that gives them plenty of time to complete the farm bill consideration. And once passed, uh, President Trump is expected to sign the bill into law. So fingers crossed at this point, we may all be getting a shiny new farm bill for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I, I do have my fingers crossed there. It feels like when your favorite football team is in the red zone and you're just going, just get it across, you know, don't fumble it, don't do anything crazy. Yeah. Let's not get it caught up in any sort of weird partisan back and forth at this point. Just get it across that line ASAP, and I, I will be certainly breathing easier once that happens, and I know y'all will too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, let's, we want to give a shout-out to the staff of the National Cotton Council uh, who've been working hard behind the scenes to keep Cotton Belt congressional members uh, on task and up-to-date to, uh, to support this legislation. Uh, once the Farm Bill is settled, NCC has stated They'll have detailed summaries of, of the key farm bill provisions uh, once everything is, is squared away to share with, with the rest of the industry. So, yeah, it's a developing story. Uh, we've got some, we will keep some updates going on cottongrower.com. Uh, so keep checking our website for, uh, for some of the latest details. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. And uh, now uh, we want to bring you another brief word from our sponsors from Enlist before we're back to round this thing out. Are weeds getting tougher to handle? Introduce them to the Enlist Weed Control System. Both Enlist herbicides are effective on a wide range of tough and herbicide-resistant weeds. Enlist Duo Herbicide is a convenient blend of glyphosate and 2,4-D choline. It's made to serve as a cornerstone to an effective program approach that takes advantage of multiple herbicide modes of action. Enlist One Herbicide, a straight goods 2,4-D choline, offers increased tank mix flexibility. Enlist One also allows farmers to use multiple modes of action by tank mixing with glufosinate or other qualified herbicides. Weeds won't know what hit them. The 2,4-D choline formulation offers inherently low volatility. Both herbicides also feature Colex-D technology to limit drift. For use with Enlist crops, these herbicides are built to stay where they're applied. And they'll make your toughest weeds shrink with fear. Learn more at Enlist.com. So, all right, that is going to just about do it for this installment of the Cotton Companion podcast. Uh, again, we want to thank Dr. John Robinson one last time for taking the time to talk with us and to talk to our listeners. John is and has always been a great friend of American cotton farmers, and we appreciate his work for sure. So uh, also, once again, we want to thank our sponsors from Enlist for sponsoring us. And we thank you, dear listener, uh, sincerely for joining us. If you like what you're hearing, by all means, tell your buddies about us, tell your farmer friends about us. They can get to the podcast in three easy ways. The first is simply going to cottongrower.com, add a forward slash companion to that URL such that it reads cottongrower.com forward slash companion. 
click that, it'll bring you to a landing page that has all 37 now of the uh, Cotton Companion episodes. We cover everything from under the cotton sun from A to Z. So pick your topic and get to listening. The second good way uh, to find us to make sure you receive each episode of the Cotton Companion is to subscribe to our channel on iTunes. If you're familiar with iTunes, uh, if you got a smartphone, just go ahead, open your uh, podcast app and search for the Cotton Companion in the search bar there. Once you've found us, subscribe uh, and leave us a rating. Let us know how you think we're doing. We welcome all feedback. The third way, the best way to make sure you're receiving the Cotton Companion podcast as soon as it hits the market is to uh, go to go to is to sign up rather for our weekly e-newsletter, the Cotton Grower e-news. Jim here works hard to pack that thing with all of the relevant news of the day and uh, they hit your email inbox each Tuesday morning. And uh, you can subscribe to that Cotton Grower e-news by, again, going to our website, www.cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. And that'll take you to a landing page that's very user-friendly, very intuitive to guide you to sign up for that e-newsletter. All we need is your email address. So uh, last thing, make sure you follow us on social media. We are have been active. I was tweeting from this event that I was at out there in Phoenix. Uh, we on social media are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you can find us by simply searching for Cotton Grower Magazine in the search bar. We hope that you are uh, enjoying our latest issue of the actual magazine, which at this point is the November issue. December. December should be hitting your mailboxes. <clears throat> if it hasn't in the past day or two, then it will at any day now. So be watching for that one with bated breath. It's a great one, I promise you. So... Uh, this podcast is produced by Mr. Tyler Hatch. He works at the Mothership Meister Media Worldwide in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio. My name is Beck Barnes, and I will be back with you in two weeks for the next episode of The Cotton Companion. For now, on behalf of my own Cotton Companion, Mr. Jim Stebman, we wish you and your farm all the best. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cotton Companion. Visit Enlist.com to learn more about the Enlist weed control system and to hear from farmers experiencing the technology.